0: A very warm welcome to the Kudos community. Kudo is a global leading provider of monetization applications for global users. It's creating a cleaner, more equitable world by making use of billions of dollars of underutilized hardware from around the world and then redistributing it for the betterment of communities and organizations. A big, big thank you to our sponsors AMD, a multinational semiconductor Goliath developing GPUs and CPU processors across the globe for gamers, designers, service providers, pretty much all walks of life. And to Algorand, currently building the technology that will accelerate the convergence between centralized and traditional finance by enabling the creation of next-gen financial products. For more information and to support the Kudos Podcast, why not check out our sponsors in the description below. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our latest Kudos Cast. Where I'm delighted today to welcome Robbie Young, the CEO of Animoca Brands, and we're going to take a dive into the Metaverse. As voted by our Telegram and Twitter community, the Kudos Cast will be a weekly podcast covering a broad range of topics. Robbie, it's great to have you here today. Welcome to Kudos Cast. Thank you. I wanted to talk about the Metaverse today <clears throat> and really kind of take a dive into it because I know how kind of influential you are within this space. Um, it's obviously a hot topic within crypto land right now, uh, and I, for one, am very, very interested in learning more about what it is exactly, uh, as I think, uh, you know, a number of our audience will be, why it's such a hot topic, uh, and what it means for our future as a technology-connected human race. How does that sound? <laughs> sure, easy. We <laughs> solve all
1: the world's problems right here. Um, so, I think... First of all, metaverse is a great term. Um, you know, I think metaverse is, is largely popularized by science fiction. As we know, it, it came from Neil Stevenson in Snow Crash. And for anybody who hasn't read Snow Crash, I highly recommend it. Um, I think it's as relevant today, if not more so, than when it was originally written in the 90s. Um, but I think the idea of a metaverse, people always imagine a kind of a virtual reality, an alternate, re- alternate reality that exists Inside some type of online shared space. Um, now that's that's kind of you know it's the Matrix or Ready Player One or something like that. Um, I think actually though the metaverse is a bigger idea than that because I think actually the metaverse has already begun um, and it's begun with things like social media, um, you know, online streaming services like YouTube or people playing you know multiplayer online games when you go and hang out with your friends in Fortnite and shoot things you're in the metaverse you're you are spending time in an alternative space communicating being entertained you know having transactions economic transactions etc and that that to me is really what the metaverse is it's just that now we're at a point from a technology standpoint that we can actually make something visually that represents that experience in its entirety and not just you know human connection through Voice or through other platforms.
0: Love it, and I love the way you just jumped straight in there as well, which I think you know really highlights the kind of passion uh, for this space. We'll we'll come on to the kind of whole visual thing as well. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a a few questions around that a bit later. Before we do that, I mean, what would be really fantastic is if you can give us a an introduction to yourself, Robbie Young, Mm -hmm. and and also Animoca Brands, your your business.
1: Sure. Um, So I'm the CEO of Animoca Brands. I have been in the in the game business now for about a decade uh, before that I was in um, traditional so called traditional media um, so TV outdoor radio etc, um, and then I was in the Internet business in, in the 90s when uh, when the web sort of the, the dawn of, of the web. Um, and Animoco brands is a game development and developer and publisher. Um, I think we're best known as one of the leaders now in blockchain games, which has been our focus of game development since 2018. Um, And we also are an active participant in the ecosystem as a a sort of strategic investor. Um, So many people know us also as as an investor and supporter of of the sort of burgeoning blockchain games industry. Um, And so we have our fingers in a lot of pies, but the main focus is making games and making entertainment products.
0: Excellent. I was, I was going to say you've got your fingers in a lot of pies, but I thought, but do I, but you, you beat me to it, so it's absolutely fine. Uh, and we're one of your portfolio as well, of course. So, you know, thank you very much for, uh, for, for believing mm-hmm. in us uh, as a project as well. The Probably the, the best known um, kind of metaverse entry for yourselves, for, for Animoca Brands, is Sandbox um for anyone that's at at home or actually this is a this is an audio recording so you're not going to see it but i've got one of the visuals behind me as my background here today just just to keep it themed but you know i wonder if you can tell us a little bit about sandbox the game uh, and expand on that
1: so i think um the sandbox originally was a very successful uh, mobile game uh, and created by a studio called pixel which we acquired uh, several years ago and the team at pixel had been thinking about and it was a it was a a game of its time, uh, which I would say is probably about 2012, 13, originally. Um, and they had always thought about making a 3D version of the sandbox. It's a user-generated content world. So it's you know fully, they have a full set of tools and users can create any kind of content they want. So now in, th- in its 3D form, it's a 3D representation of the world or a world. Um, and there is content in there that's created by professionals. So we cooperate with other game studios, entertainment companies, consumer brands, et cetera, to make content experiences. So if you want to go to an At- Atari theme park or something like that, there are those experiences. And there's also um, land available in the sandbox, virtual land, um, where users can just create their own stuff. And we have tools um, to create things in the in in the art style of the sandbox. So I think for people who are familiar with other UGC games like Roblox or Minecraft, sandbox will feel very familiar to a certain extent because the aim is to have a user generated content world. Um, However, one big differentiator is that the sandbox was built from the ground up to embrace blockchain. And so therefore everything within the sandbox is provably ownable um as a, a non-fungible token excellent
0: okay so that that is actually brought us very very nicely it's a beautiful little segue there thank you robbie uh, no on to my next next question and that was you know how are how exactly are nfts non-fungible tokens linked with the metaverse what role sure. do they play
1: so i think the the idea that makes nfts such a such a powerful idea is essentially that it gives ownership for the first time. And so, because of the fact that you can now own digital content, um, you become a landlord in the case of something like the sandbox, where it is a literal representation of physical space in in visual form, because in the sandbox, we have land available for sale and you can buy land and then you can buy sand, which is our in-game currency. And you use that sand like you would use building blocks, so bricks, um, to build a structure. And the bigger your structure, the more bricks you need, which means you need more sand. And if you want to build something really huge, you need more land. So we have these physical world analogies that we've applied towards the idea of constructing user-generated content. And that content, though, the fun part of that is it's only restricted by the imaginations of the users. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to obey laws of gravity necessarily. Um, and you can create things that, you know, replicate a natural world scene or an urban landscape. You know, it's up to fans. What, what the, do, what do you see? What idea. do you see
0: most of it? If you don't have to obey the, the laws of gravity or, or do you have to obey the laws of physics? Does that come into it at all? Um,
1: yes, we, we try to keep we try to keep physics to a great extent. But I think there are some analogies that you want to have in there. That are fun. There's a reason you want to be in an alternative, unit, alternate universe rather than the physical world, because if it just was exactly the same, then it's not necessarily any better. You want to have some advantages, right? Everybody wants to fly or be invisible or things like that. Um, and so I think we try to replicate some of those concepts in the metaverse. But most importantly, um, the sandbox is fundamentally a user-generated content environment. The reason is because we believe that users will always make much more interesting stuff than we could ever think of ourselves. And that's what makes it vibrant and that's what makes it exciting. And if you look at the success of other UGC platforms like Minecraft and Roblox um, or YouTube for that matter, um, the reason that they're so successful, we think, is not specifically what they do but fundamentally that they're user generated. And when there is a critical mass of users, you know, people are highly creative and if you give them the, the right tools, they will make really cool stuff.
0: Yeah, agreed. I think human creativity, when, when you kind of think of uh, and this is this has been covered. I'm not just making this up on the spot. This is, you know, articles that I've read. But, you know, if we look kind of 10, 20, 30 years into the future and uh, the, uh, you know, the technologies advance so much that there isn't the kind of breadth of jobs and uh, employment we have uh, these days, then if you kind of look at what is protected, it's creativity, right? So the, the, cre- the creative industries, uh, maybe the empathetic ones as well, things like care and this stuff. But you know, if, we, if we pick on creativity, you've suddenly got you know, 7.7 billion, maybe 9 billion by that point, uh, people around the world all having different ideas, different perspective. Uh, yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, it's pretty yes. exciting. I must say, I haven't even jumped into this yet. I'm talking about it. I, th- I feel like I need to, <laughs> you know, end this podcast now. And <laughs> go make some cool go, stuff. Yeah, going and a search, yeah. Brilliant. So, I mean, sticking to that, I know we're in this, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a crazy patch at the moment with some of the NFT collections that are going out mm-hmm. there and there's some wild money that's being thrown around. And this is, you know, the start of a, a, a new industry when it's always very exciting and, the, and these things happen. Now the other day I saw that uh, for just over one million dollar, um, mm-hmm. a or one million dollars, just say, is it plural? A two D rock was a graphic of a two D rock was sold uh, on OpenSea. It's a JPEG uh, of a rock. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to find out why that is happening. Um, is 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 that item and other items that are being bought like that? then being placed into these metaverses as the visual representations, <clears throat> uh, or is it for some other reason?
1: Okay, so I think, let's put aside the rock for a second. I think that NFTs, we have to keep in mind that, that an NFT is basically a, it's a piece of technology. And so I think to define an NFT in a single way is the same way that you would define a, you know, a, a website, a website can be anything, um, it's, but they're all websites, whether it's e-commerce or it's you know, it's video streaming, it doesn't matter. So I think NFTs in the public mainstream consciousness have been largely associated this year with art projects and collectibles projects, because those are the ones that have gained the most um, headlines uh, and have been the most talked about. But actually NFTs can be much more than that. You know, You can have an NFT that is a concert ticket for a physical world event, You can have uh, an airline ticket be an NFT. You can have a property deed be an NFT. Um, Or in our case, you can have in-game items that you use in a video game be NFTs. So NFTs can take many, many forms. And I think that there's been a lot of attention paid, as I said, to collectibles. And I think the growth in the collectibles market has been driven by the idea that also this is really the dawn of a new age. And at least from a collector standpoint, I think there are a lot of analogies being made to early collectible crazes around things like sports trading cards um, or, you know, plush toys or things that are sensations. I mean, you think of all of the, um, the, the madness around particular Christmas toys that, that have taken place over the years. But the best example, and, you know, and this is a little bit reflecting my Americans' cooling would be baseball cards because those were kind of the original trading cards. And if you look at baseball cards and postage stamps and coins, you know, these things have become very, very valuable over the years. And collectors collect them because of that potential for value appreciation, but also because they like the stuff. Baseball card collectors collect them because they like baseball, not just because they want a paper card. And I think NFTs are an opportunity for people to engage in their passion for collecting, also with the potential for, um, you know, future value appreciation. And the fact that there is a a somewhat liquid market out there for these items that can be traded online easily, um, unlike, you know, when I was a kid, if you wanted to sell your baseball cards, you had to go to A swap meet, some gathering where a bunch of people appeared, you know, in a in an empty parking lot and like a car boot sale and traded these things. Whereas today, you can go to, you know, a marketplace like OpenSea and there are literally millions of customers there, 24 hours a day. Um, So I think it's changed the face of collecting quite a bit. But I do think that this is really just sort of scratching the surface of what we can do with NFTs. And you know, if we make the comparison to the web. It's like thinking back to when, and I, you know, no offense, Pete, I don't know if you're old enough for this, but thinking back to when Yahoo as a directory was literally just one page of links to other things, um, and that was considered a search engine. So I, I think we're at that stage, um, you know, in terms of, in terms of NFTs.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. And we, we you know, we, we've spoken about this at, in, in depth within the team you know, the NFTs are going to be used for any asset out there in the future, right? So mm. if it's if it's going to be exchanging homes, for example, then it's going to be an NFT. You would sell the NFT to the new buyer yes. of that house. Um, it's not going to grab the headlines. It's not as interested. It's not as kind of sexy as it uh, is. You know, uh, as um, as some of the uh, the kind of hype there there is. Million at the dollars for a rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, to be honest with you, if I can, if my my, my home is is built of many rocks, so if I can <laughs> mint it as an NFT and sell it for a billion, I'm going to be very happy. So <laughs> maybe I should give that a go. Well, um, and I think,
1: sorry, to just quickly jump in on the question of the rock, I think the question of the rock is though linked to some of the other headlines we've seen about other NFTs, and I think that. The rock in a perverse way is a luxury good. And like many other luxury goods, you know, one type of consumer um, buys luxury goods because it's a status symbol. And it shows other people that you have the ability to pay a million dollars for a rock. Um, and so if you think about it in that context, why is it any different than buying, a, you know, a Lamborghini or, or, or a piece of art, you know, a Warhol or something? It's again, it's a luxury good for those who can afford it in a certain context. Um, you know, that's one thing you can do with NFTs that explains maybe the bubbly high end of the market.
0: Yeah, yeah I, would, I would, I would, agree with that. We, we, um, we had the uh, founder and uh, chairman, or chairperson of uh, Satel Token on in episode eight, I think it was mm-hmm. a few episodes ago. Uh, they're making a fan engagement token for for TV, mm-hmm. and uh, the what they're using NFTs for, which I thought was was pretty cool. Um, is that the uh, they put an auction out for these scarce NFTs, and the person that wins the bid on that is actually able to choose the storyline or the path of the storyline <laughs> for, for, for TV programs going forward. Cool. Um, so, oh, yeah, the very, writers
1: are going to love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and it's probably such a kind of minor part of in the story that you, you're thinking to miss it. Um, you know, I'm not not <laughs> not down in the, the, the kind of model behind it, but... I'd imagine the writers have probably written it in quite tightly and said, right, you've got these two paths and it's going to be one of those, but we, you know, yeah. we, we, we're, we're still going to control the, the, the <laughs> where <laughs> it goes in there. Um, okay. So uh, three, four weeks ago, Mr. Mister Zuckerberg uh, from mm-hmm. Facebook, um, he announced that the Facebook themselves are going to provide a full metaverse experience mm-hmm. by 2025. Um, what are your thoughts on that a big company like Facebook coming into this space?
1: Uh, my first thought is, um, with the amount of resources they have, why does it take four years? I mean, I'm glad you said that—that like,
0: that was going to be another question, yeah.
1: <laughs> seriously, no. I mean, Elon Musk put put people into space faster than that, <laughs> um, which is not to start a, a you know shouting match between billionaires. But yes, it, that's an awfully long time, um, and I can say that because we have done, you know, something similar with the sandbox in less time and with a lot less resources. Well, I don't know what Facebook's putting towards it, but I'm guessing a lot less resources. And so I don't know why it takes so long. I think that, I think that it's always good for the space when big companies like that make noises and rumblings about heading into this direction because it validates what we're doing. And that's great. Just like, you know, you can see the, uh, the visa buying a board ape nft all of a sudden you know makes makes the price of nfts in general go up that's great that's great for the space because the more attention we can get whether it's just anticipatory or based on you know actual delivered products it's all good because i think it gets people excited about what we're doing it brings resources to the space and resources beget more innovation because more people can get jobs in the space, which is great.
0: Do, do you think that maybe it's something, uh, maybe Facebook are testing the political waters? You know, we know how kind of Libra went on mm-hmm. that side. Do you think they're, they're, they're kind of uh, testing that community to see if they're ready um, for this new type of technology? Um, is it kind of an educational thing? That's why it's going to take until 2025. I mean, it does seem like an absurdly long period of time yes. to me. We know how quickly this industry <clears throat> moves. You know, is the metaverse still going to be here in
1: 2025? <laughs> I, well, here's, here's the thing. I mean, I think, and this is where it comes down to a bit of a philosophical debate. I think what, what Facebook, pro, I can imagine what Facebook is envisioning, is Facebook is envisioning a 3D version of Facebook. So that it's some type of physical world analogy, but in VR, because of course they own Oculus. Um, And that's why they're saying 2025 because it's going to take a long time for people to buy VR headsets and for those to be widely used. Um, You know, it's debatable if it will even happen by then unless the costs come down substantially, but you can imagine with the power of the social graph that they have of their user base, you know, they could transition an incredible audience into a metaverse like experience. Um, However, We believe, and I say we as a company, believe that the future is going to be full of metaverses. You know, a a metaverse is a generic term, but as I said, it's not dissimilar to a website. Um, There will be metaverses that are focused around, you know, video game experiences, streaming experiences, live event experiences. You know, you're gonna have your metaverses for, think think of people, think of Reddit, right? there's a subreddit for everything. There's dark, nasty subreddits. There's, you know, subreddits for sports fans for everything. And and there's no reason there wouldn't be a metaverse for everything in the future either.
0: like a a polyverse in that case. So everything is happening on the same timeline, but, you know, in a a different verse, in a different metaverse. Exactly. And
1: I think Facebook is just trying to see how do we you know, maintain a bit of walled garden around our metaverse to try to stuff as many people into it as possible. Because, you know, one of the things about blockchain is blockchain is an open platform technology. Um, And so people who are succeeding in blockchain embrace openness. um, And that runs contrary to the traditional Facebook business model.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And there's there's, there's there's a number of Hollywood films that have kind of covered this over the years. You know, so, well, it was sci-fi at the time, not mm-hmm. really sci-fi anymore, or you mm-hmm. know, we were kind of the edge. So, you know, Ready Player One, uh, Surrogates with uh, with Bruce Willis, I think, Gamer with uh, Gerard Butler, and, and and they're they're kind of all plugged in, right? So it wasn't called the metaverse back then, but it's effectively what they were, how they were living. They were plugged into a kind of virtual life, and Surrogates yeah. probably was most accurate to this conversation because it was just walking around like a normal life, whereas the other two were were kind of playing games. Is that where we're going? Are we all going to be kind of laid in dentist chairs in our our rooms, plugged in and, you know, living our daily
1: lives uh, through virtual reality? It's funny you ask that as I sit here, sitting in my chair, plugged into a video screen talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) very true, very true. You know, one way of looking at it is that the, the last eighteen months that we've spent during the pandemic on, on you know video conferencing, um, largely on Zoom, frankly, um, that's the metaverse already. You know, it's a form. It's a form, and we've been united by certain tools for business conferencing. But at the same term, at the same time, you could argue Slack is a metaverse, right? Or any of these other tools, GitHub, that we use in our development processes. So I I think yes. Absolutely. Um, I don't know about the, it, whether we'll get to the extent for which the physical world will be unnecess- relatively unnecessary, um, the, the world of science fiction. But I do think in the way that we a decade ago could never have imagined that, you know, if you look at your screen time on a mobile device, when you actually look at what you spend every day, it's appalling. Even if you're a quote unquote light user, you know. I guarantee you you're still going to be spending a couple hours a day um,
0: I, I, I don't look at it for that for that very reason because I, yes. I know how horrendous it would be and it would it would probably upset me
1: <laughs> yes and and if you think about it there you know you could just think of that mobile device as being a portal to the metaverse um, so I think that once you expand that definition, it just begins to you you just begin to coalesce around what type of metaverses you're going to be spending time in. And the cool thing about what we're doing in blockchain and, and gaming entertainment is that we can do so in a way that feels very immersive as opposed to just purpose-driven for one application.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It make, makes a lot of sense. I suppose just really to follow on from that, I, I think your answer is going to be good because you know, this is, this is what you've kind of covered already, but is it, 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 what does this mean for the human race is this is this good and bad it feels like progression to me but there's always going to be some cons along with that so you know maybe we'll, we'll have a look at what they are in your opinion
1: i think it's going to be um it's going to be unalloyed good um which is not to say as you said there aren't going to be cons along the way because you know we got cyberspace and we have cybercrime now. (laughs) So, you know, things take new form. Unfortunately, it doesn't change human nature, which is full of good people and full of bad people. But I think what it will do is it will empower people tremendously. Um, And I think one of the, the biggest things that it's already starting to do, particularly in our kind of small corner of the metaverse, which is the blockchain meets entertainment part, is that I think one of the things we're finding is that the sort of cutting edge of blockchain technology is very distributed, ironically, for a decentralized platform. And what I mean by that is that actually Silicon Valley in the US is not the center of gravity for this industry, meaning the biggest companies, the biggest financial backers, you know, you don't have to go to Sand Hill Road in Silicon Valley to get funded if you're a blockchain company. Um, and so if you if you were to write a list of the leading blockchain companies in any vertical, that list would look like the United Nations. Um, and, you know, whereas the web was largely a Silicon Valley creation. Um, and then with other, you know, companies around the world emulating Silicon Valley models. And I think that that's going to be reflective in how the, the metaverse benefits us. Because we're already seeing now in gaming, for example, that there are people, you know, Axie Infinity, one of the leading games in this space um, is a powerhouse already in any metric of financial metric of you know transaction volumes, revenues, et cetera. And a huge part of their audience is a relatively low income audience in Southeast Asia um, because they have figured out a model in which that audience can work together with higher spending audiences to monetize their time in the game through something that we're, we're calling play to earn in the, in the business um, model aspect of it. And, and that's really exciting because that's essentially onboarding lots and lots of people into this metaverse who I think really didn't make it onto the web the first go round, you know, because the web was largely a developed economy tool until mobile came along. And then mobile brought the web to huge swaths of the world Um, And now I think we're going to be able to leverage that so that blockchain is actually going to go to just as wide an audience as, as mobile did. Um, So this sort of revolution is going to be much, much more inclusive.
0: Yeah. We, we, we discussed that a few weeks ago with Lavinia on the, uh, Lavinia Osborne on on the Kudos cast. Uh, It does very much feel like that. I mean, when I uh, kind of look at the teams of projects now, um the, the the kind of range and, and and it goes beyond the projects right because we're talking about yes there's projects all around the world popping up in southeast asia in africa uh in india you know uh in in latin america so right across the kind of developing world which is fantastic so we're getting all of this new kind of uh perspective new creativity that's coming through but then but then you've also got these content makers that not, aren't necessarily part of projects they're just Decentralized, if you want to put it in that way, uh, all mm-hmm. contributing to these worlds, you know, like sandbox, like uh, decentraland, like some of these other metaverses. So, yeah, I, I, I absolutely see more more uh, pros than, uh, than than cons here, uh, and of course, you're always going to have that yin yang. There's always going to be that balance, right? Yes. So, yes. Um, I, I can remember trying to explain Bitcoin for the first time at, uh, at, a, at a kind of Web two conference where they you know they weren't uh, they weren't familiar with what Bitcoin was, and the, the, the first first question that comes out is but isn't that just used for crime and it's like well isn't cash um wasn't the car when it first came out because it was faster than a horse you know so everything has you know has got um uh, a yin yang to it
1: i know on, on that point you know my wife and i we love watching this show on tv i don't know if you've seen it where they where they just filmed people going through customs in australia um it's fabulous and and it's amazing how I, we were watching an episode last week and they said that um they were stopping some Americans going through or people who had U.S. dollars um, and they got a hit for cocaine. And they said, oh, well, it's easily explainable because most U.S. currency has traces of cocaine. <laughs> as, yeah. as if that's just a given fact, because of course. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's very hard to roll up a Bitcoin. So, so, so yeah, <laughs> we have advanced. <laughs> um, so... The, the the next thing I wanted to cover was the styling. Um, so, yeah, sandbox is um, not just sandbox, but the kind of the the blockchain games that have coming out uh, are. I've seen the pattern that they're following that kind of eight bit styling uh, that mm-hmm. came out with uh, original games, and I just wanted to uh, to kind of find out, you know, what sure. that is. It makes me feel nostalgic, and 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 you came up with the uh, age earlier. I'm an 80s kid. I, I just, mm-hmm. Maybe I've got youthful looks. I don't know. Uh, thank you thank you to my parents. But I am an 80s kid. So it does make me feel the kind of nostalgia when I see sure. uh, these 8-bit kind of uh, styling. But is that a limitation um, of blockchain or is it for another reason? Uh,
1: no, it's a, it's a limitation of... Okay, so it's mainly a limitation of time. Um, so what happens is that with a sandbox specifically, Um, The sandbox, I think, is 8-bit in visual style by design, specifically because it's a UGC platform. And as user-generated content, we want to keep it as simple as possible, because if we demanded that people create beautiful, realistic, realistic 3D graphics, then only professional designers would be able to participate. And so if we keep it simple, and, you know, think of Minecraft, Right. Um, if you keep it very rudimentary, then everybody can make cool stuff because it's a level playing field. So that's that's the idea, of, and that's why the sandbox is the sandbox. I think more generally, the reason that you see less visual fidelity in most of what you see out at the moment in blockchain gaming um, is a result of two things. One, that most of the early projects in blockchain gaming were not created by game studios, but by blockchain people who like games and who thought here we can bend this technology and make games with it, and it would be really cool. Um, but they weren't professional game developers, so maybe they didn't quite, you know, have the, the feel of of how to make the project, um, you know, up to that fidelity that people are accustomed to with console games or something like that. Um, that explains timing. The second part is that it takes a long time. To make a really great game, like a like a AAA console quality game, you're talking a couple of years of development at least. Um, and so we're so early in the cycle with blockchain games. There's literally just not been enough time to make those kind of titles. However, I think you will see those kind of titles coming out soon. Uh, we just, you know, plug warning. Uh, we just launched Rev Racing, um, which is our in-house motorsports title, and we're taking a shot at that in terms of you know, providing a very high fidelity um, racing simulation game. Um, But I think this is, you know, the tail end of this year is just the start. But next year, 2022, you're going to see some incredible real AAA quality stuff because all of those projects have essentially started, uh, been funded in sort of late Q1 of this year. So they'll start coming out next year
0: that's yeah that's that's very exciting i can't wait for that and so you know popping on a a set of vr goggles and and stepping into to to these games if that's you know if that's possible in in Mm -hmm. in both scenarios so if it if it feels like a uh eight bit ucg user generated content i think you said ugc make sure the letter's right um you if you put the vr goggles on, you would actually feel like you're stepping into that right so you would be this Yeah, okay, very, very cool.
1: And, and some of them will be VR enabled, but I would say that most of them won't initially at least only because um, people will want to be seeking the widest possible audience. Um, and so, you know, hardware is still a limitation. So I think that most of these experiences are going to be um, web first um, and then uh, slowly mobile as well um, because we just want to get the biggest reach we can. I mean, at least from, from our perspective, that's how we develop all our products.
0: Okay, thank you very much. And as a as a visionary, Robbie, uh, and I'm definitely putting you into that category, because I think anyone that is already got products out there within this metaverse space has thought about it a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And you've already said that you've come through from, you know, the Internet age and the mobile age and and everything like that. And you've had businesses and you've you've been building, developing games and stuff. So where do you think the metaverse will be in? uh, I I put down 10 years, but let's say 20 years. Let's just go a little Mm -hmm. bit further
1: out. That's a big, what if it's a big, what if I, I think that the best way to look at it is to look at the pace of change over the last 10 years. And to think if we go back 10 years ago, I mean, literally 10 years ago, almost to the month was when angry birds was launched.
0: And was, was that only 10 years ago? Yeah. That that's crazy. Yeah. That okay. It was like forever.
1: June yeah. or July of 2011. And don't forget nine years ago was when Android was launched android wasn't even out 10 years ago and think of how fast things move right in my mind and 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 particularly this is what excites us about being in the blockchain business blockchain being an open platform um, the pace of change is quite dramatic because it's essentially open source software and so as a result you see incredible creativity as i mentioned you know from people teams in countries all over the world working on really cool stuff um, and when you add that much brain power to it you just get incredibly rapid developments it's it's you know i was listening to a podcast um, earlier today by the the two women who created the astrazeneca covid vaccine um, and they were talking about how quickly they were they they literally created it in three weeks But the reason they created it in three weeks was because it was actually the culmination of years of work in one particular direction. And because for the first time they got a a literal blank check from the government. And I think blockchain is a little bit similar to that because all of a sudden you have people all over the world and a reasonable amount of money also um, developing interesting projects. And we're all able to collaborate on essentially the same code base and same platforms because they're open. Um, just like Facebook, when Facebook was open, that was the biggest growth period of Facebook before they closed it up again, but they opened it up and built, you know, their network on the back of open source. Um, and so I think that that's, that's really how we see dramatic, you know, such a dramatic change. So I wouldn't rule out, you know, in, uh, I definitely wouldn't rule out in 20 years. If you see the, uh, the full plugged in metaverse experience that you were talking about earlier.
0: Mm. Mm. yeah i mean wow yes yeah, it's, it's hard to hard to imagine isn't it with any kind of accuracy but sci-fi films seem to be pretty accurate so you know the reason the reason sci-fi
1: films are accurate also is because we all watch them so when we start thinking about products we're like wouldn't it be cool if we could do what we saw in this movie
0: yeah 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 it's a very very good point I, I don't i don't want to labor too much on on facebook because this isn't a facebook uh kudos cast but you mentioned about the kind of opening and closing of their,
1: uh, their network there.
0: Do you, do you think that they'll um, open it up for the metaverse development?
1: I think so. I mean, well, okay. I think they should. I don't, I don't know if they will. I have to say that. I just don't know. We'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah. That's one of the things that will fit into that 20 years. Uh, <laughs> okay. Exactly. Um, <laughs> So just um, I mean, Animoca is a is a is a heavy hitter within the blockchain space. You know, you are up there within uh, the kind of top blockchain companies by you know revenue, by portfolio, by brand uh, across the board, really. So um, I just want to say congratulations on your recent funding round. Probably doesn't mm-hmm. feel that recent anymore because it's <laughs> blockchain after all. Yes, exactly. Um, that was that was like two months ago. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you achieved the unicorn status, and then you went beyond. Um, so you know, yeah, congratulations on that. Part of your business model is investing into companies, as you did mm-hmm. with us, as you've done with you know many other companies, OpenSea, Flow, uh, etc. What what's the what's the actual goal behind adding so many portfolio companies?
1: I think the idea is that blockchain is about is about working together. First, you know, we began investing because Frankly, you know, it's a little bit self-serving. We were in a we were in a very new nascent industry, um, and somebody needed to spend the money to support the ecosystem because without an ecosystem, we couldn't just be a standalone island. We need to have marketplaces and wallets and blockchains and you know all the other great stuff that goes along with our you know having a healthy ecosystem, and then what we realized was, you know, there are two real promises for NFTs in gaming. Uh, One is that, you know, you can truly own a digital item as an NFT. But the second one, and that one has been, you know, somewhat delivered on already, and we've seen good examples of that. But the second one, which has not yet really been delivered on, is interoperability. And this idea that you can take an item from one game and bring it into another game. And that is really exciting because... Anybody who is, uh, you know, a petrol head and has ever played a racing game has thought, boy, I wonder what what would happen if my F1 car were to race this, you know, super bike. But you can't because they exist in different games. And so when you can start to bring all those things onto the same platform, that's really exciting because it's fun, you know, you get to do, you get to try something different. What happens when Super Mario gets to fight with Donkey Kong? You know, who knows? But the idea that you can actually do that, that's, that's entertainment. And so-
0: I, I, Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 sorry to stop you there, but I was I was thinking the whole time, Mario, 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 Mario <laughs> car in Gran Turismo. Can you imagine that just being yeah, lined absolutely. up against those cars?
1: <laughs> absolutely. And, and why not? Because people just want to do what's fun and mashups have always been a part of gaming, but because games have been closed platform- Um, They've not been able to do so. And now that gaming is essentially going to be open platform because of the blockchain technology, then this opens up huge potential for people just to have fun. And so going back to the investment question, um, we started investing in a lot of companies because we want to encourage an open ecosystem. And we figured that, you know, frankly, being on the cap table is is a good way to have a voice in a, in a business and to suggest to them, hey, you know, let's work together. This would be great if we could use our game assets and your games and vice versa, and to really just encourage people to be open, um, because the last thing we want is for the blockchain business to just coalesce around a couple of big platforms, and then we're, we're kind of back to the oligopoly of tech that we've, we've had for a long time.
0: Yeah, I agree. And this is kind of sharing economy 2.0. You know, everything yes. progresses. And um, yeah, absolutely. I've never really thought about it in that way. So um, I put a trademark on that. And um, No problem. <laughs> but, uh, but it is, you know, it is uh, kind of sharing economy 2.0. Well, I mean, Robbie, I-, I could sit here and talk to you all day long. This has been a, a brilliant conversation um but as it happens you know i've got a date night in with the metaverse and i'm going to go off and explore so
1: fantastic <laughs> i hope it doesn't cost you too much money
0: um but no no seriously thank you very much for for joining the kudos cast today it's been uh it's been brilliant i'm sure our audiences um you know uh enjoyed the listen as well and they will all be jumping on and yeah. diving into this new world if they haven't already
1: immersed themselves definitely go check it out first thing you should do if you don't own an nft go buy one figure out what you can do with it use it enjoy it have fun just give it a try
0: love it that's the, the final words there so thank you very much once again a huge shout out to everyone that's tuned into this week's kudos cast it's been a blast huge, huge thank you for tuning in and I'd like to thank our sponsors Algorand and AMD. For more details, you can check them out in the description and support this podcast. For more content from Kudos, you can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Medium, and you can also join our communities on Telegram. Until next time, adios and au revoir.